So let's bring in Dan Deming to get his thoughts on this. He's the managing director of KKM Financial. He's joining us this morning. Dan, it looks like uh, some of those concerns that we had this morning headed into this number, well, uh, we can put those uh, in the, uh, our back pocket for a little bit, possibly at least for another four weeks. Yeah, I guess so, Ben. Yeah, I mean, initial reaction in the futures market, at least from the equity standpoint, is uh, slightly positive, mm -hmm. which is uh, good given the fact that we are selling off from yesterday's nice bounce back. And you're right. I think the market was definitely uh, bracing for something much stronger mm -hmm. than what was the expectation going into these numbers. And we were pretty much hit each one right uh, online. I think 0.8 and 0.5 were the numbers for the core and the and the headlines. So, um, you know, and we got weekly jobless claims, which tick up slightly. But uh, overall, the market, I think, was very much focused on the inflation front and the fact that it didn't get worse based on what the expectations were is short term, at least a little bit of a positive here this morning. Okay, uh, and again, uh, just pointing that out, as Dan mentioned, month over month CPI, the core at 0.5% and month over month CPI at 0.8% in line with expectations and uh, just a, uh, actually a, a downtick for the core CPI from prior, which was at 0.6%. And I'm looking yeah, at a right. slight uptick for the CPI from 0.6 to 0.8. Dan, I mean, uh, we were talking about it earlier in the show, how with the commodity prices on the rise, this maybe hasn't been factored so much into this data that we're seeing today. Probably not because of the uh, the magnitude of what has happened here in the mm -hmm. last couple of weeks. So I would say that, you know, next uh, the next the, the numbers that will be coming out here next month and just kind of uh, some of the other data points that we'll receive leading into that, uh, you know, the next set of numbers from PPI and CPI. Now, we do get PPI next week, Ben, so that's something else to definitely be focused on uh, to see if that supports this number or if they're, the producers are seeing, a, you know, an, either a significant increase or, or there's going to be uh, something in line or maybe a little bit lower than what we are expecting. So that's another big number that the market's going to have to deal with next week. Uh, that's going to be just prior to the Fed announcement too, Ben. But, uh, you know, yeah, overall, you'd have to say that a lot of these uh, most recent uh, moves in some of these commodities are not currently in the uh, equation at this point. And you can see the markets reacting to mm -hmm. that uh, in anticipation. Yeah, we're up about 20 handles from where we were as we uh, released this number. Again, around 42. A yeah, nice pop. Yeah, a decent pop right. here. Yeah, still holding below yesterday's day session highs. And that's one of the things I've been pointing out. For the most part, we've been seeing a series of lower highs and lower lows. Now, we have the opportunity to change that around here today. Dan, let's talk about crude oil. We saw a sharp move lower yesterday. Uh, a blistering move to the downside as UAE, and I think it was Iraq, said that they'd be willing to pump more if asked to. But I, that was a bit of a surprise to me. I thought that they were having a hard time meeting their quotas already. Yeah, I know, Ben. Yeah, you're right. But I guess uh, the, the the fact that it was there's the potential for some relief was really, and the market was certainly extended. overdone. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, what we did see it uh, from a technical standpoint yesterday, Ben, was the fact that 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 parabolic move from basically March second to uh, the peak that we did see uh, yesterday or day, the day before yesterday, before the sell-off started. Uh, you know, really was just that part was taken out. We went back down to like the hundred four dollars, I think, intraday yesterday. Day before we now we're seeing some stabilization. So you know, I mean, overall, you, you're still seeing highly, extremely elevated price points, and just taking out some of that, uh, I guess maybe uh, last push higher that we did see that was substantial as far as magnitude. 
And now the market's probably going to have find some equilibrium here and then deal with some of the newer talking points and data points and maybe some of the uh, euphoria or the, uh, I guess, short squeeze or however you want to look at it. Some of the imbalances in the market, I think, are you know going to probably uh, – uh, we're not, we probably won't see quite the volatility that we did see in the last couple of days. I would agree. Um, here we're looking at some of the volatility from 130.50 to begin the week all the way down to 103.63. I mean, Dan, I was doing a market update yesterday during the day, and the market moved a buck and a half in, in about five seconds. I mean, it, again, staggering. And I just want to take a look here because as we uh, point out here, the crude oil, this is the intraday look. But here you can see on the daily time frame, the parabolic move. Dan was just talking about the run up and how this was a little bit overdone, to say the least. And then uh, just on the uh, historic level where we are, back to levels we haven't seen since July of 2008. Dan, talk to me about gold this week, a nice move higher, but short of that 2100 level that the uh, bulls have have their eye on. I saw it pull back down uh, into, well, we saw it pull back significantly. It's going to be a product we're trading a little bit later on today. We're going to go uh, a long gold, but uh, can you talk to me in terms of uh, what you have your eye on as far as uh, gold? Is that safe haven type product also as a reflection of some of the inflation pressures that investors are concerned about and its direct tie to uh, rates here in the U.S. as well? Yeah, yeah, Ben. I'd still say that you know, from a uh, like a risk uh, diversification type of uh, holding, you know, you still have to look at gold as being uh, something that uh, is a little bit shinier these days, mm -hmm. to say the least. Mm -hmm. uh, given the fact that because that what gold, I mean, historically, gold has shown the ability to perform well when we see you know elevated inflation expectations. When uh, you see instability, uh, certainly the, the U.S. dollar is having an impact on that, although really it looks like mo the money's flowing into the dollar and gold mm -hmm. as far as uh, just it looking for some alternative to uh, probably equity exposure at this point and maybe even treasury exposure, given the fact that we're seeing uh, rates moving around as much as they are as well. So just general volatility, I think, has been uh, certainly beneficial to the metals and particularly gold. Silver, you know, one thing I find interesting is that silver has not uh, taken out the, you know, the highs, uh, the previous highs as gold has, as it's pushed here closer to 2100, as you pointed out, Ben. So that's something I'm watching. And also, uh, you know, not, not now we're finally getting a little bit of a resetting of expectations when you look at some of the price movement that the commodity space has realized in the last couple of weeks. And, you know, so I, the momentum will be something else that we'll be keeping a very close eye on. You know, let's uh, pull this silver chart up real quick to speak to Dan's point. You're up and through the $27 level, but it hasn't really opened up the door to the same extent here. And, you know, I think of that and I look at some of the industrial metals. I tie that to uh, kind of concerns about what inflation will do to some of the uh, growth projections, demand ultimately. And, you know, we saw copper this week into a new all-time high, but it pulled back quickly shortly uh, thereafter. Again, sort of makes me think about some of those concerns about stagflation ultimately and just, right. uh, you know, potential for growth. I agree, Ben, and you know that's the that's going to be the fine line that the central banks are going to have to try to manage here in the next uh, six months to a year, is uh, you know because of some of the things that were they certainly didn't anticipate the, you know the current situation coming out of the pandemic. It was very difficult to anticipate it, at least, I think, to the magnitude that it's occurred. And, you know, it, it puts a lot of pressure on them. Now, the ECB, you know, basically indicated that they're going to wind down their asset purchases mm -hmm. here. 
and both the PEP program and then there was a the TLT, TLTRO or how I'm, I can't, I'm sure that there's a lot yeah, those of lo longer term, yeah, loans. Yeah, yeah, and that will be, they're looking to wind that down in June. So, you know, that's draining liquidity from the market, trying yeah. to cool things off. Certainly it looks like they've pushed the, uh, the rate expectations in Europe and the ECB forward uh, to expecting a little bit higher rates uh, sooner than later. Uh, even with, as you pointed out, with the potential for the economy to start to stall here with some of the inputs being as strong as they are, and the U.S. and the, and the Fed's going to have the same situation, it's going to be a challenge for them uh, to deal with this. And if you look at the, what's going on in the yield curve, uh, you know, you're looking at the 210 now at 25 basis points. That's the two-year yield versus a 10-year yield in the Treasury markets. I mean, that's narrowing, and we've been watching. That's been narrowing really for the better part of the last several, couple of months. And you know that's that, that's a sign that the market's starting to price in a very high probability of some type of flattening or uh, slowing of the economic activity in the coming months. Dan, I wanted to uh, get your thoughts on the jobless claims number before we let you get out of here. Uh, Two hundred twenty-seven thousand, a little bit higher than expected. It looks like last month's got revised to 216, but after a strong report uh, recently from the non-farm payrolls, and uh, I guess I'm just wondering how much attention will this one get? Probably not much. Yeah, probably not much, Ben, but it, the number's solid enough to maintain the Trying belief to in the market that the jobs market is uh, strong, yeah. you know, and we did get some very strong data points to start this month uh, in that respect. And you have these so uh, weekly numbers hovering around the 225 level. That's 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 pre-pandemic levels. So, you know, it, it does. And the Fed has certainly pointed out that the labor market is strong and it's tight. And that's another uh, that's one of their mandates. And then the other mandate, as they mentioned, is uh, price stability and, and trying to defend and battle inflation. And that's where their focus is right now, because I think they feel the jobs market's in pretty good position. Yeah, we were just talking a minute ago about uh, would some of these increased commodity prices force uh, employers to lay off uh, some of their employees ultimately and uh, to cope with some of the rising prices here. But it seems like at this point we've yet to see that. This will give us something to watch in the coming weeks. And Dan, always appreciate you joining us here and uh, sharing part of your Thursday morning with us to break down the numbers here this morning. CPI coming in line with expectations and for the most part jobless as well. Dan Demings, the managing director of KKM Financial.